Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiversity Manga Club. I'm Zach, and I'm joined once again by Walt and Emily. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Doing all right. Good, good. Um, so this month, we are here to talk about Oran High School Host Club, which is a book that I am very unfamiliar with, both in um, just the book itself and with the kind of shoujo genre. So, Walt, I'm going to let you take the reins here and kind of guide us. See, actually, the first thing I wanted to bring up was, I know that uh, Emily had watched some, not all of the anime beforehand. Yeah. I'd like seen, a, uh, like, a, read a couple of chapters I knew about it. Zach, am I correct? You knew nothing about Oran pretty much before coming into it, before we uh, chose to read it for this? Essentially, yeah. I, I may have heard it, like, brought up in passing and in other discussions before, but I, I think it's safe to say I knew next to nothing about it. Okay. Because I know that a lot of uh, what the manga club has been di- directed to, uh, both in its previous incarnation as a column and now, has been more of, you know, the shonen variety, some sign-in. Uh, you did uh, cover when it was written, uh, what was that, cat manga? Uh, yeah, I oh, did. Um... Uh, Cheese Sweet Home. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I guess like the, other than that, the mo- I mean like uh, Death Note. But I mean, yeah. I guess that's a little. It has some shonen ness to it, but I I would say it's more yeah so, yeah esque ness mm-hmm. to it. So I'd like you know just even though I'm gonna you know continue guiding us. In like a sentence or two, what were your like initial impressions like within the first few chapters? <laughs> um, it took me quite a few tries to really get going. Um, okay, that's fine. <laughs> just because, so I, I would pick it up, and it um, it was mostly just like the story, the way that the story was presented, and this like it was like very, um, you know, fast paced helter-skelter, very, like, scatterbrained, and it took me, like, a very long time to get acclimated to what I was actually reading and what to, you know, it was very, uh, I don't want to say inaccessible necessarily, but maybe that is kind of the point, like, the idea that I'm trying to convey is that I found the first, at least the first chapter, maybe the first two chapters to be, like, pretty inaccessible, um, Hmm. Once I got towards the end of the first volume and I kind of had a grasp for who each of the characters were and kind of what their, um, I guess, kind of like shtick or, or gimmick was, right. then it kind of became a little bit easier to to follow along with the story. Um, yeah. But uh, honestly, like, the the thing that I kind of, once I felt like I kind of got a grasp for it, the thing that came to mind in terms of like things I could um, compare it to, uh, the first thing that came to mind was Scott Pilgrim. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting comparison that I wouldn't have thought of, but I can see why you would say that. Um, see, the in- <coughs> excuse me. Um, sorry, that wasn't an excuse me like cutting you off. That was excuse. Oh, no. <laughs> that was no. excuse me. I was coughing. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, <laughs> Uh, go go ahead. No, I was just going to ask uh, why the comparison to Scott Pilgrim. That's that's interesting to me. 
Um, mostly it was the asides um, mm. and the, the kind of like little informational text things that would be interjected into the panels to kind of describe a situation or describe what someone was thinking or giving clarification to a situation. Yeah. Um, and then also just kind of like, like I mentioned, the very like fast paced, energetic, right. It's scatterbrained storytelling. It's definitely really manic. I feel like at times, um, that's a great well, word to describe at, it. Yeah, manic. At least the humor and, and I can kind of understand you not really catching on for a while because you do, I would say you do have to have some idea of what shoujo manga is like to kind of understand what they're parodying because right that that was another interesting like obstacle here is that i don't have a lot of context for what is being parodied right so it was hard to tell what was a joke and what was supposed to be taken quote unquote like seriously yeah yeah It, it is it is a romantic comedy with i think more of an emphasis on comedy but it is parodying the shoujo genre while also telling a story at the same time. Um, I was talking to Walter about this earlier, kind of like how One Punch Man parodies um, shonen, but there is a central story and a plot. It's not just comedy all the time. Yeah, if I... Just to uh, backtrack a second to, like, you know, the comedy style, um, like... Like you mentioned, now that I think about it, that is kind of similar to like Scott Pilgrim in the comic form. Obviously, Brian Lee O'Malley is very influenced by manga. And this is kind of like something I see more in manga that's interesting um, about how the page is used when it comes to comedy. You know, they, uh, you just, in more comedic manga, I feel compared to comedic american comics like you just see pages that are like stuffed to the brim with jokes like you know one-off like side gags um and you know kind of uh trying to fit a lot of stuff on the page which is just just an interesting different uh stylistic approach i feel and it's kind of the thing that while it doesn't always necessarily like sometimes yeah it can be a bit distracting um, it also is just a thing that only comics can do, you know, having right. like a bunch of jokes in a way going off simultaneously, of course, limited by the fact that you can't read like two sentences at once, but right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like this idea of a bunch of, uh, jokes and gags happening at the same time. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, it's, um, and like I said, uh, I wouldn't say you have to be super, super familiar with shoujo, but to kind of understand the main cast there, the, the cast of the host club, at least, all you really need to know is that they are all, and I'm sure you picked up on this, Zach, but they are all just archetypes of male characters in shoujo, kind of just played to the extreme, basically. They are just... They have just become the, like, embodiment of the archetype, like, Tamaki being, like, the king, the head of the club, um, the twins being, like, the mischievous, uh... And the twins! <laughs> Sorry, I have to do that. That's a, that's a deep cut. Um, <laughs> the, 
the the twins being kind of the mischievous, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, the mischievous kind of uh, I forget. I think Tommy he calls them like the devil type or something, and um, Honey uh, is just kind of supposed to be really cute, um, stuff like that. So, and it's supposed to kind of appeal to different girls. It's like, oh, pick your favorite, you know, kind of thing. See, it's interesting to me that uh, you mentioned um, how you need to have some sort of, like, understanding or some sort of familiarity with that. Because I, I myself, you know, I haven't, I don't think I've, like, I'm, I'm familiar with the tropes of yeah. shoujo to a certain extent, but, you know, I don't think I've read any, yeah, nothing besides maybe, like, the occasional thing that, uh, I know for a period of time, uh, Viz ran like a couple chapters of different series just in like the back of, hey, here's, you know, some stuff that isn't in, you know, it's in, it's not in a Shonen Jump, but right. hey, maybe you'd be interested in this too. Um, you know, I think the way, how she does, how, uh, I, I don't think we've Pisco mentioned the, uh, Pisco, Pisco Hattori's, uh, approaches uh the characters and everything i think that she kind of makes clear even if you aren't uh like you know someone who regularly reads these uh shoujo series um it's made clear like this is the trope and i think that's the interesting uh like the comment that you made earlier emily about how by use by parroting and telling a story that falls within that genre at the same time, you can also at the same time kind of bring in someone who hasn't, you know, experienced it. You know, it's not just all in jokes. It's, you know, stuff that you can be like, wow, that's, you know, silly. That's funny. And then you're kind of like simultaneously getting familiar with the genre, reading a story in that genre, and reading something that kind of pokes fun at the genre at once. Right, and and I didn't mean, I, I didn't mean like, yeah, you, you don't need to be super, super familiar with it. And I think by the end of, I would say, the first volume, she kind of, even if you're just jumping into this, um, she kind of eases you into, like, okay, this is what, this is what is being riffed on here. Um and I mean, as long as like you're not put off by the super manic kind of sense of humor for the most part, um, I think it's pretty successful in uh, for the most part. There are there are some kind of eyebrow raisers um, <laughs> to uh, as far as jokes go, um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't say I don't think it's like totally totally inaccessible um, for the most part. No, yeah, I would agree that it's not. I mean, by the by the time I was into the second volume, I was you know pretty comfortable with you know I it it was fine. Um, yeah. I think it just had like a pretty steep learning curve, I guess. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Right. I I did find a it interesting. I, I've seen this done in a couple other things, but not quite to the same extent. Um, how throughout like a few times in each paperback she does a little strip uh you know kind of pared down version of her style where she kind of like talks about the process um and so that was kind of 
interesting. Uh, I'm abusing that word a lot, but um, I was, you know, a good look into, uh, you know, Zach and I from our uh, Western comics background. Not that we make them, but you know, we're we're used we to read more a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way. You know, we're used to the whole like approach of um, penciler, inker, colorist. Sometimes, you know, with multiple pencilers or inkers or colorists when the deadlines need them. But um, the whole like manga approach of having the, you know, the cartoonist usually, sometimes you have the separate writer, but often more, I think more often than American comics, you have. more the cartoonist, the person who both writes and draws it. Um, and then like the assistants who I guess they're, they're similar to, uh, inkers in the American, uh, sense, but a little bit different. Um, so I thought, I thought those strips were quite interesting as a way to like look into the process, um, for anyone who is new to, uh, this, new to manga as a, you know, coming in from a different comics background. And I thought it was useful in that way as well as a reader. Something that I else that I thought was interesting is that a lot of the jokes and, and puns were centered on um, the Japanese language itself. Yeah. And some of that required a little bit of explaining to get the joke across yeah. in English. And, and that also <laughs> like made it kind of hard sometimes to, um, that was another barrier that I came across, you know, just not having a lot of context for a, you know, just like Japanese culture and pop culture and, and B um, the language, you know? Yeah. Um, in a lot of manga, they really like to do like word word puns, plays on words, which are just sometimes really hard to translate. So I guess this translator, for the most part, went the route of kind of doing a little aside, right? And kind of explaining like, oh, um, this is relating to. Well, in one of the later volumes, for example, they talk about Takarazuka Theater when they when they uh, meet this yes. other yeah. Um, this other group called the Zuka Club, who are all girls, and then it has this little asterisk that says um, Zuka is relating to Takarazuka, which is an all-female theater type of, I guess, like art in Japan. So it's like, okay, I get it, but definitely there are just some jokes that don't work as well. And, and it, I'm not saying it's bad; it just it's just the, the cultural and language barrier. Uh, not much yeah. you can do about that. Right. It's more just like acknowledging the cleverness of the joke rather yeah. than really, really getting to, um, I, I guess, like take it or to like really receive it as it's meant to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in some, in some ways, you know, uh, comedy is one of the next hardest things to translate after poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, right. so I think that's like an example of where we're, we run into that. Um, you know, when you move past the realm of, like slapstick or stuff like that. And you're actually yeah. element of cleverness of wordplay and all that. That's difficult to get across. But I think in a lot of ways, say, you know, it, it's always impressive uh, what these localization, well, I guess it's 
that the proper term? And I'm thinking, you know, translator. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, like, so, yeah, the translation. Um, that's actually probably what I would have gone with as well. Yeah. <laughs> if I keep the localization, because I'm so used to the video game side. Of right, yeah. right. <laughs> I got what you mean. Um, yeah, sorry. I lost my train of thought a little bit there. Um, so, but yeah, I think at a certain point you do have to just, there's going to be no way to get it quite right. Yeah. And so sometimes it's better to just do something like that rather than try your own to make something like different that sort of fits. Yeah. And, and even the idea of a host club, I mean, that's kind of hard to, I guess, yeah. Make it make sense in English. Cause like that, we don't have anything like that here. And to be fair, I don't really know. Like, I know there are like made in Butler cafes in Japan, but like this idea of this, like prestigious school, just having a group of good looking guys who just entertain the women there. Um, there's really no analog uh, here that I can I really know. think of besides, I mean, at least in like, you know, the high school. Uh, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think like, that was exactly what it was in reality. I think it is more like maybe maybe I'm wrong. I didn't do too much. Maybe I should have done a bit more research about actual host clubs before talking about yeah. manga host clubs. <laughs> but I think there is like more of a commercial venture. You know, anyone, yeah. not just yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was. Sorry, I have a dog chewing yeah, on my if you, arm. If you Google host clubs. The things that come up aren't like, yeah, the most. Um, They're more risque. Yes, right. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean the host club. I mean for the most part, uh, in in this manga is is pretty chaste. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, there there are definitely a lot of risque jokes, but I mean, in, as far as what they do, um, as part of the host club is just is very kind of just. You know, uh, having tea with the girls or just talking with them, being more cute. about the yeah. more about the implications, right? Which which is pretty funny. Um, but because yeah, in her in uh, Hattori's own like uh, notes, and I, I believe is in the first one. There's some remark about how you know don't. Don't like talk to your parents. Don't ask your parents what a host club is or something like yeah. that. Or <laughs> right. <laughs> they'll be scandalized and ask what you're reading. Something like that. So, right. You know, she's obviously sanitizing it a bit yeah. Uh, for, yeah. for, the, for the purposes of the setting. Yeah. Um, we haven't really talked about the characters very much. What are what are you guys? What are your thoughts on? the characters and, and I guess kind of like the plot of the first three volumes. So something I was like thinking of uh, comparing and contrasting it with is, you know, obviously the analog that is, uh, that often uh, shows up, you know, for uh, like shonen manga is, you know, the harem comedy. And I have had like a bit of, difficulty trying to say like okay how can i reconcile you know like harem comedies uh just kind of like yeah you know there's not much you know substance to that whereas you know this i'm like no no this is fun and enjoyable 
Um, <laughs> I mean, they it, do kind. There is kind of a similar. It is a reverse harem, kind yeah. of. Um, but a little and bit. I would say like to- well, a, a it, little bit less sleazy. I want to say maybe. Um, yeah. The because the one of my main complaints about harem, uh, harem manga is. You've always got like the main character whose like characteristics basically boil down to he's a nice guy because you're supposed to be able to think, oh, that's just like me. And, you know, I should have these girls fawning over me, too, because I am a nice guy as well. Since these protagonists tend to have very other just minor things defining them beyond that, you're able to really like, you know, project yourself into that role. Is there, do you think there's a similar issue here? Um, no, I think, I'm not saying Haruhi is the most well-developed female character ever, but I think there's definitely a lot more, definitely a lot more going uh, on with her than your average harem main character. I think she's, she's definitely like the smartest and one of the most likable characters in the, in the um, manga, and in fact, uh, when she becomes part of the host club, they call her like the relatable one, or like the natural one, or something like that, as her kind of archetype. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I personally quite enjoyed her as a as a protagonist, um, and definitely she she's way more memorable to me than, and, and I'm saying this as someone who I've I've seen I, I like this series quite a bit. I haven't finished the manga or uh, the manga or the anime. Um, but I plan to, and, um, yeah, she's definitely a lot better than your average, uh, harem hero, I would say. Yeah, I like, I, I can agree with that. I think, I think she, um, she ended up being one of my favorite characters, um, which isn't always the case. Sometimes I find protagonists to be kind of annoying and, uh, you know, I tend to like be more interested in some of the, like the side characters, but um, she was really good, and and I like um, I like her interactions with Tamaki. Yeah, and um, those two I, I I liked a lot, and I I liked um, I'm gonna butcher. That's his okay. Name. I, I the, know the, all of their names. The the <laughs> vice president Kyoya Kyoya. Yeah. I liked Kyoya um, just because I thought like he played really well off of Tamaki. Right. <laughs> um, but all of the other characters, I I kind of was didn't care for as much. Yeah, like I mean, I I could like take or leave them. Like the twins are funny. Yeah. And, and outrageous. Like but extremely outrageous, but I, like it's true. Like at this part, there's at least this far in, we read up through the first three volumes. There's not much. Not too much substance to them. We did get a little bit more within, I think it was either late in the second or early in the yeah, third. They were kind of but, closed off before and now they've like opened up since they've but yeah, that's, become friends with them. <laughs> the other host they're, they're, they're probably like a distant, uh, appropriately distant tied for fourth. <laughs> um, in ter- whereas the other ones, yeah, there's at least at this stage as far as we got. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's too much more to the others so far, at least. No, I mean, the one guy, um, Maury, uh, doesn't really speak at all, so he's kind of hard to place. I mean, he's just kind of 
the strong silent type they call him um and he seems like he he was fine to me but it's like yeah i can't really say much about him uh in comparison to the others who have a little bit more screen time and even kyoya doesn't really have that much screen time um after i want to say like the first or second volume though he does he does have like like some of the best like single moments like he'll pop in and say something really funny but he won't be like the the focus of a chapter usually mm-hmm. but yeah haruhi i want to say just just in comparison to the rest of the cast who are so ridiculous her being kind of just pretty normal relatively speaking i think makes her the most likable because if she was some ridiculous stereotype too, it might be because because you definitely need like a straight, I guess, like a straight man to, uh, you know, to play off these crazy, ridiculous um, stereotypes. Yeah, these like very hyper realized, right? <laughs> like caricatures, I guess. Yeah, and I like I said, I mean, she's not super deep or anything, but she definitely, I guess, she feels the most like a real person <laughs> compared. It's, to- it's interesting because also in a way. Uh, Kiyoya kind of fills a similar role you know yeah. he's like even though there, he certainly has like his funny moments he's not like a silly character no. in any way but no. he's still kind of in a way that like for obviously um, he's not there all the time so it, it's no. not quite enough to tame the otherwise yeah. very wild antics going on yeah um, do we want to talk about the art as well? Um, yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it is a comic after all. Um, I, I, I actually haven't read, I mean, I haven't read or seen that much shoujo. I just, I, I kind of know basically like the general character beats and stuff you see in shoujo just through my consumption of just manga and anime in general, but I mean, the style is definitely, especially when it comes to, like, these romantic or, quote-unquote, like, you know, emotional scenes with the host club members, you'll see, um, like, Tamaki, for example, talking to a girl, like, tilting her chin up, and there will be all these, like, flowers and um, sparkles in the panel, Um, you know, I guess mimicking the style. And, I mean, her general style is like that, but she definitely um, exaggerates it uh, for, for these kinds of scenes. Yeah, it's it's very, you know, effective for like, you know, the comedy of it to just have these like suddenly, you know, comparatively normal looking, you know, panels followed by all of a sudden everything's so dramatic and, you know, you've got all these like half tones to create this like uh romantic lighting and as you yeah. said, sometimes you've got flower petals going everywhere and it just goes, you know, from 0 to 100 in just like a snap. And it's very effective at you know, getting uh, some of these jokes through. And I actually... Oh, oh yeah, I was going to say, and usually, um, I think in one of the first panels that you see this, where Tamaki is, talk- is um, you know, romancing someone who comes to the host club, you see um, at the bottom she writes, oh, wow, this is really flashy, isn't it? Kind of just, you know, like, part of the joke. And she doesn't always do that, but from then on it kind of sets the tone of like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely exaggerating this for fun. I did think it, uh, you know, what, what I mentioned earlier about how these uh, 
how manga comedies often, you know, they stuff in a lot of jokes. There are some pages where I feel the art does get a bit crowded out by all the quips and everything. Yeah. Um, now that's something you just uh, see in manga a lot where that I think that for whatever reason, Western comics are, uh, they avoid doing like, you'll have these panels where it's just like a panel of dialogue, not just like in the, uh, Brian Michael Bendis sense of you've got like people just talking back and forth, but it's just like a panel that's filled with words and that's it. It's just like a panel. Oh, sorry. With, with words, with words, (laughs) with words, words, they have jokes in them sometimes. Only sometimes, only sometimes. (laughs) Only That's our, that's our little, uh, Brian Michael Bendis impression. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and I, I do wonder how much of that is, uh, because of the difference of the actual language. Um, right. And you know, that it, how much it would change things it, or it does change things to have it in English. Um, but I do feel that there were some pages where it just kind of was like, man, throughout this whole page, there's just kind of very little on here. Yeah. Because there had to be room taken up for, the, like, a lot of room taken up for dialogue or um, or you sometimes have the more, like, small stylized versions of the, the characters, like, speaking in the margins, kind of. Yeah, that's where I would get confused sometimes. Uh, not even when, because sometimes you'll see the... Um... Speech bubbles, if the character isn't on screen, you'll, or, you know, on panel, sorry. <laughs> if they aren't uh, there, uh, their speech bubble will have kind of a little, I guess, drawing of it's... their face to the, as best as possible. Like, Kyoyo will just have glasses and a mouth. Um, <laughs> the twins just have their eyes, which tend to be kind of, like, droopy. Um, stuff like that. Um, which I thought was cute, but the thing that would get me would be when, yeah, like when at the bottom of a page crammed into the corner, there would be like five things happening and writing in the small amount of white space that was left. And sometimes it was a little bit hard for me at least to tell what was going on (laughs) or what was exactly funny about the scene, but, um, it didn't happen too much. Right. Um, Um, how would you say having like seen or, or consumed both, like, how does the manga compare to the anime? And do you think one, uh, um, the story is, like, better conveyed in one medium? That's a good question. Um, I do think, actually, that the anime makes it a little more accessible, probably because in translating it and dubbing it, they try to make it as natural as possible. Um, so it, it was definitely, like, a little easier to get into. I mean this is going to sound shallow, I guess, but just because everyone was, was speaking English and, and using idioms I was familiar with, there wasn't really a lot of, um, like, translator's notes or anything, like, um, this is why this is funny kind of thing. Um, uh, I don't, I didn't see too many episodes where, kind of like, um, with, I didn't actually see the episode with the, um, I guess, the lesbian host club. Um <laughs> So I, d- I don't know how that joke was translated, but yeah, just in general, it was a little easier to get into, which probably made reading the manga uh, easier for me in general. Um, but I do think I like the manga's art style better. Um, it's definitely a lot flashier. I-, I tend to find that um, 
in general, unless the anime has a really high budget, um, the manga original usually just looks a lot better because, you know, it's the artist's vision and, and some anime versions of manga get really, they, I don't know how to say it, like the art looks really generic, like a generic version um, yeah, they lose exactly. the style. They lose the stuff, especially like One Piece and stuff. Um, and that's true for host uh, or in high school host club to some extent. It looks fine, but I kind of prefer the the detail in uh, the manga more. All right. Well, I think that's uh, covered about all our bases for this. Uh, we're going to take a short break. Where when we come back, we will tell you more about the uh, contest that we currently have going on, and we will go over uh, this past month in Weekly Shonen Jump. So we'll see you guys after the break. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at the Eisner-nominated MultiversityComics.com. Every week we take about 15 minutes to check out books hitting the shelves on Wednesday that we're most looking forward to. We also have long-form discussions about books we're excited for, both old and new. These episodes have included works like Jaime Hernandez's Love Bunglers and Katsuhiro Otomo's epic Akira. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the people we've had on the show have been Tom Scioli, Paul Pope, Leila Del Duca, and John Workman. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comics-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are expanding our contest to win a year's worth of Weekly Shonen Jump another month. All you have to do is to enter is to take a screenshot of you subscribing to the show through whichever... Uh, podcast uh, subscription service you use, iTunes, or anything like that. Just take a screenshot that shows you've subscribed to us, and then tweet it using the hashtag MCMangaClub, uh, and you could win a year's worth of Weekly Shonen Jump. Uh, this contest expires on April 30th, 2017. If you need any more information, just visit multiversitycomics.com. And on that note, let's get to uh, talking about this past month in Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, I think that the most interesting series of the month, in my opinion, would probably be uh, Promise Neverland. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I feel like it definitely had the most um, like important, I guess, for its story, like plot things happening. Um Definitely, uh, especially this past week, uh, uh, the the last week in March, it was it was really, uh, really good. Um, definitely yeah. lots to talk about. Yeah, I think the last time that we talked about it, we were all kind of wondering, you know, what the series trajectory, you know, was kind of heading for. Um, kind of, you know, just like theorizing about where things may be going. And I, I don't know about you guys, but the last month's worth of chapters have kind of um, drastically changed, I guess, the way I view the the way the story's going and the future of the series. Right. Yeah, it was because um, I think we were all kind of wondering when they were going to escape the orphanage because that had been kind of building up for, uh, you know, 40 some chapters and we were really wanting it to advance. And, uh, this last, as I can, as I <laughs> joked a few times, you know, I'm enjoying it, but when are they going to leave Namek? Uh, <laughs> yes. 
it, it was kind of like a bit like, okay, I'm still, I'm, I still like this series, but I'm ready for them to actually leave. And now there have been quite a few fake outs. Um, right. I have a feeling that the way last issue ended, it's going to be hard for that to just be like a full on yeah, fake out. That was uh, definitely, the last chapter. definitely a, a holy, a holy shit moment. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't really see it coming until, uh, so yeah, Ray, uh, one of the, uh, I'm assuming everyone, again, assuming everyone has, has read up Shonen Jump at this point, um, basically one of the three main characters, uh, died, uh, <laughs> or at least the three that have been, that have been kind of, uh, we've been following for these first, you know, uh, almost 50 chapters now. Uh, and the other character, Norman, uh, his, I do not think he's dead, um, but he was shipped off. Um, right there. They've implied his death, but I, I agree. I, I don't think, you know, Norman, it was all kind of off screen and in fact, it wasn't even really like an off screen death because it's never actually like explicitly said Norman died on the way to his uh, home planet. Um, (laughs) It's just kind of like implied. And I think that he'll, he'll be showing up again. I'm sure of it, but Ray, not so sure. Nah, he's gone. (laughs) Think so? Yeah, I'm not sure. And if, and if they brought him back, that would be extremely lame. Yeah, that, I, well, well, it depends on like, I, could almost get I could almost believe that this might have some weird dark, you know, necromantic element to it. Yeah, maybe. Like, I wouldn't be surprised just because of like the uh though this is, certainly isn't like, you know, the full on like, you know, shonen fighting manga that you see, but no. just kind of the nature of uh the uh comic that maybe we could end up seeing Ray as like some deformed yeah. Uh, zombie-ish thing at yeah, some point. He, he may have some kind of, you know, like, demon-esque, or whatever those monsters are, you know, he could have some part of that in him, you know. If yeah. If the series yeah. wanted to go down that route. I, I just find it hard to, like, complete. like, I, I find it hard to, uh, completely accept, uh, I, I kind of going contrary to what I hinted at earlier, but I think that for the purposes of like the story as it is now, he is probably certainly dead. But of course, when we're talking shonen manga, dead does not mean god for, gone forever. Yeah, and okay. sorry, the only thing that makes me, I guess, and I don't think he would just be brought back or it would be a total fake out, but he did, he was saying for a while, like, I've had this plan and I don't want anyone to mess it up. And I, I, for some reason, I don't, I mean, unless it really was to just kill himself and set the orphanage on fire, it seemed, it seemed to really be tied to Emma's plan to leave. So I'm wondering if there wasn't something we don't know, because it seems weird that, like, you know what I mean? Like his plan perfectly aligned with hers. Like it seemed like he had something independent of the other two going on. That's a good point. Um, yeah. That was beyond just, oh, actually I can set myself on fire and uh, also set the orphanage on fire so they can get away. Yeah. It, 
it would be interesting because I feel like, especially in shonen manga, it's not particularly common to, to you know kill your darlings like to off one of the main characters in a yeah. really significant and permanent way. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, I was just gonna say like. Well, yeah, especially you say permanent, you know, like even in Dragon Ball, people die a lot, even main characters, but almost nobody is permanently dead. <laughs> right. And you catch up with them like a few chapters later, just, oh, yeah, I died. I'm a, I've got a little halo now. Right. <laughs> they're, they're still there. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, we also had since the last episode, three more uh, jumpstart series. Um this they're really starting this year off with a bang, trying to get a bunch of new ones in the magazine, see what people think about them. Um, I think the uh, first one since we the first new one since we last talked was Hungry Marie. And uh, what about Doc- Doctor Stone? Wasn't that also totally new since we started, or am I wrong? Right, but but that was that was after uh, oh, okay. Hungry Marie, I think. I think. Oh, yeah, okay. I think Hungry Marie started oh. first of All right. this, this batch of newer ones. Yeah. Okay, sorry to cut you off. And I think I like Hungry Marie. It's a... I feel like it's walking a line where things could get, like, gross really quickly, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to trust... Uh, the creators on this one, but just the nature of it. I'm like, every time I'm waiting for like something, something to happen that just kind of like skeeves me out. I can see a way for this to go wrong, which probably isn't fair of me because it hasn't so far. It's been like, besides like a few, like, Oh, I have breasts moments, you know, stuff like that. It's been fine. Um, in that regard. Yeah, it's been tolerable. Um, but I agree. I, I am, I want to have an open mind because, you know, with this podcast and just in general, I kind of want to get out of my comfort zone a little. Um, and even though Hungry Marie's premise, uh, is a little bit more interesting than these, like most of these like body swap stories, I guess, um, it's, I, I don't, the, the track record that manga and anime has with these kinds of things makes me a little wary. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I completely trust it to not eventually do stuff that I'm just, it's just going to make me want to stop reading. But we'll see if it, if it gets picked up. We'll see. I, I will say, um, I guess, you know, tipping my hand before we get into the other ones, I think this is my least favorite of the new, the ones that we're going to discuss today. I think I'd agree on that. Yeah, me too. It was fine. And of, I'd say of all the uh, most recent six uh, that they've had, I'd read, I'd continue reading this one if it was in the book until it like, just if it, you know, again, this is slightly unfair because it hasn't, but you know, if it got, like kind of skeevy I'd probably stop um but 
I'd still probably continue reading it. The only one of the new ones that I think, if it was picked up, I wouldn't continue reading would be uh, We Never Learn, but we talked about that right. last month. Right. Um, yeah, no need to, to retread that one. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. Stone. How about uh, that one, Zach? How did you feel about Um, I think I like Dr. Stone. I don't love it, um, but I think it has a nice, um, mystery at the, at the core of it. I like the way that it kind of, um, I, I like the interplay between the two main characters, even though they are both kind of basic archetypes. Yeah, very basic. Very (laughs) basic. But I, I... the thing I enjoy the most about it is the art. The art is yeah. very good. It's very polished, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think there's... I agree the characters are very, very archetypical yeah. and just very simple. I, I think what I like about it a lot is there's just a lot of energy to it. Like, you can tell that there's a lot of, like... Uh, love put into it yeah that everyone working on this is really loves what they're doing um to a certain extent i mean i'm just making assumptions but like i get i get that feel of uh of like you know there's just a lot of uh excitement to it yeah i feel like the author thinks it's like a really fun idea i think he because well basically it's and and to the point about them being archetypes, uh, you know, and not very deep. I, I don't really think, and it didn't bother me because I don't really think the manga is trying to hide that at all. I mean, they basically come out and say like, hey, you're the right. bronze, I'm the brains. Uh, let's try to um, save civilization by using our, our respective skills. And, you know, it, it was kind of honest about that. So I didn't really, that didn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it is nice that it has this, besides it having these very, shown in archetypical characters. Um, it does have this kind of interesting sci-fi hook. Um, and I think it's also, it, it also is kind of treading this uh, path that kind of Food Wars does. It's kind of like teaching you about certain things. Like they make wine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that comparison. Right, because the one guy, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't recall their names, but basically the brainy guy, um, you know, is, is kind of like a chemistry genius. So I'm assuming, you know, like if this were to continue, he would be kind of like giving lessons to the, uh, Ronnie guy, uh, about just these, they're, you know, chemistry turn, 101 ideas. The reader. <laughs> Sorry, what? I was saying, and they're in turn the reader. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now this one also did something I found interesting about it was, you know, the, the way that the jump starts work is, you know, they're already, they've already been serialized in different magazines. So it's not like they're being written for the jump start format. Um, yeah. so, you know, you have, they get three chapters, that's it. And sometimes it works off fine, you know, it just kind of like ends on a, oh, you know, what could happen after this? This is the first one where I thought it ended in a really weird place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Just had, you just had like the reveal of this uh, brawny guy 
the end, you know, we'll see you again, maybe. Yeah, uh. yeah they, um, they basically, um, they're, they're, they found this, they concocted this, uh, I guess, you know, I forget exactly what it was, but this can solvent solvent to, you know, like, um, reverse the, uh, the, whatever process it was that was turning people into stone. And they find this like really, I guess, powerful kid from their school and they use it on him and he kind of comes out of the rock and he's super ripped. And, um, if anyone out there has read, uh, Jojo, um, at least through part two, it definitely had a Pillarman vibe. Um, (laughs) coming out of the rock, uh, super jacked. Um, and with long hair and it just kind of ends there. And I, I, I laughed actually at that last page. I said, what? Okay. Um, I think, I think that's yeah. the first one that I've come across where it just has like the nature of the three chapters. That's it. Had like a weird yeah. effect on the story. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like this guy didn't really get the whole like, okay, try to make it end on a somewhat. Well, I, again, um, it, they're not doing it. <laughs> okay. with, this is something that was already, you know, in Japan, they just choose the th- first three chapters. Okay, right. Okay, to continue yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. I wasn't sure if all of these did get picked up for further. I think I think they all it's... are ongoings after this, is what I'm wondering. Right, just just not being translated not... here. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, well, yeah, okay, yeah. And so the most recent one that's had two chapters so far is... Uh, Robot, or, yeah. Yeah. Robot X laser beam. We were actually debating a little bit be- beforehand. I mean, not debating, but pleasantly discussing. agreeing, discussing, yeah. Uh, whether you pronounce the X or not, because um, that's just a stylistic thing you see a lot. Yeah. Like, like in Hunter... X Hunter, I think. It's Hunter, yeah, that's what or I some people, it. some some people just, I think it's actually Hunter Hunter. That's what I've, I've heard. That okay. as well, yeah. yeah. Um. I think I think it is just Hunter Hunter. So maybe this is just robot laser beam. But sometimes we're bad. We're bad weeaboos. Yeah. We sorry. <laughs> Especially me. I'm I'm the biggest weeaboo of them all here. Um. But uh, the I a lot of these a lot of manga and anime series have kind of weird random punctuation or letters kind of inserted. I guess. The, the letter in their see, title. In their title, yeah, you'll see like um, there's an anime called Steins Gate, um, which is Steins and then semicolon gate. Um, <laughs> I think they just, not, not even a full. Yeah, it it just I think sometimes people will just insert these things to make it look interesting or cool. Um, it doesn't really mean anything, but yeah, sorry for the long tangent on the title. <laughs> so uh, how are, how are you guys feeling about this one? This one's my favorite. Okay. Um, I think I like Dr. Stone the best still, um, because honestly, I thought this one was fine. I liked what I read, but it just kind of felt a little, I mean, I guess this is kind of weird to say about sports manga. It felt, it felt a little mundane compared to some of the other ones. Um, even though like, obviously this, this guy, the main character has a, pretty ridiculous ability like most uh sports manga protagonists but uh i I felt it was and i mean maybe to some this was like you know charming or you know uh good about it but i felt it was kind of lacking a little bit of that kind of excitement uh that the sports manga i've read uh have um i guess it was just a little bit uh it wasn't as like extreme or crazy um 
as yeah i i think that the excitement uh makes me like that that points to my main uh criticism of it is the the main character like i get the whole bit about how you know his whole thing is he's not very excited about oh, these yeah, things he doesn't he doesn't emote well but i don't know like in a way even kind of in his design despite his hair uh he's kind of like uh saitama in that oh, he does he kind of does look he's like kind, too. it's kind of just extremely good but like you know kind of bored with what he's doing and i think it doesn't like work as well in something that's not supposed to be like a comedy first like obviously it has its comedic bits to it right. but it, like i just i yeah i thought it was like a random trait for him to have they were like okay we have to make him have a trait that defines him okay he doesn't care about anything and I just felt like it wasn't implemented very well, for the most part. I just kind of... I mean, I get that it's golf that's going to psych him up, but I didn't even really get that sense. It was a little bit more subdued than I was expecting. See, I think that's actually like kind of what drew me to it. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I, I guess like traditionally I'm not like a huge fan of sports manga. Yeah. I've never really gotten into one, but I like... I like the dynamic that he is is very much not interested in golf, um, yeah. but is but is very good at it. Not because I mean he like we find out that he does like practice a lot, but he has like a very kind of like mathematical, robotic mind in a way that kind of just lets him yeah do just do it. You know, he he kind of like breaks it down on a technical level and is good at it in that way, which I thought was maybe to me is like a bit more interesting than some other like you know prodigious <laughs> you know sports protagonist um and i have sorry oh go ahead i i have been wondering how the uh introduction of uh, you had this like a uh, young pro who's been hanging around in the first two chapters um and now he's finally showing up. I've been wondering how much a, his introduction would add to the series. But again, this is kind of where we're running into... Uh, we have we have the next chapter, and that's it of this one, assuming it, you know, if whether or not it get gets Not taking into consideration whether it continues in uh, the U.S. Weekly Shonen Jump. Um, so I'm wondering if he'll, like, add that little bit extra that I think has been lacking so far. I, I mean, I do like it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's probably my, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in looking at the certain parts of it critically. I'm making it sound like I dislike it more than I did. I'd probably say that, um, it was probably my second or third favorite of these six. Yeah. Um, it, it's up there. So don't get me wrong. I did enjoy it. Um, I just, sometimes that, like, character archetype, it's just so blank that it's hard to, like, really care too much about that character. Though, he did certainly have some moments, especially in the 
second most recent chapter yeah. with his the interactions with his father that had me a little bit more interested. Yeah. Yeah, it was um and again, it's just a matter of establishing the character. Um I'm just I'm yeah, yeah I'm just going off obviously we can only go off the first few chapters here. Um but yeah, those were just my initial impressions. Uh, I liked it too. It's just um so far it hasn't drawn me in as much as uh some of the other jump starts, but yeah, it's probably in my top three. I also feel like sports manga are just kind of, I don't know what it is, but I feel like they tend to be received really well, regardless of what, you know, what they are. Although I guess like there have been a few that haven't been picked up recently. There was that um, like swimming manga that I thought for sure would get picked up, I think last year or maybe Free? Oh yeah, I forget what it was called. Oh wait a minute, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I know the one you're talking about. Or we also at the end of last year had uh, Ole Galazzo or yeah, Bamba the Man. That, one that was, was fun. Pretty good. Yeah, I wish I wish that had been picked up. Or the I, best. Uh, <laughs> now I'm forgetting its name, but there's that amazing uh, table tennis one from two years ago. Yeah, yeah, Walter which, loved that one. I'm still bitter. It was, ah, that's a whole different tangent about <laughs> stuff I'm angry about that was picked up in favor of that. Well, but it's good because um, didn't uh, Love Rush got dropped? So or wasn't there? Well, it wasn't Love Rush. I don't think it was uh, the robot. Derica Hote. Oh, the... oh, yeah, that was anyway. Oh, I thought that was like way back. Got maybe, me. maybe, maybe I. The years blend together. Yeah. I'm an old man now. Love, oh, man. what Did anything get picked up in that little... I promise Neverland. Was that um, in the, I feel like that was the, the last... Batch? Within the last year. Yeah. That was, that was but I thought, I thought Love Rush was as well. Maybe it was there. picked up. It just got canceled early. Oh, you're right. It did. That's there, right. It okay. ended. It ended. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I mean, that's right. Okay. I knew... I never read it past the end of the jump start, and then I disappeared soon after. So I guess I just didn't give it much thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, this past month was probably the most uh, chapters we've seen of One Punch Man in a single month for a while. Oh, yeah, um, in recent memory just chapters, three chapters, I think. Yeah, well, maybe maybe more. If maybe yeah, more, that's right. Maybe double up, but at least three weeks, you know, worth of content yeah yeah and of course you know it's you can just say it's one punch man it's always good but no really this was just quite a lot of uh it wasn't it wasn't just like the action and the jokes there was like a lot of a lot going on too yeah um this actually feels a lot more serious i i've been getting that too yeah it um it feels like it's occasionally especially in the there's like this very long subplot that's been going on not involving Saitama while he's right. been in this tournament arc. The the things that are going on outside of that are very like grim and Yeah. yeah and and it's like Saitama himself is the subplot in a way. Like right. it's yeah, we, we really have are. like here's all these crazy things going on. Okay, here's a little bit of Saitama being silly. All right, back to the serious stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Basically. Like the, the most, the most recent chapters are the ones that were the most focused on Saitama in a while. I felt where he was fighting uh, the other 
person in the tournament who was beating everyone in a single hit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the most, I feel like that's the most in a while that we've gotten just like a straight up, uh, multiple pages in a row where it was like actually focusing on him rather than just like a quick little, yeah. Hey, let's check, let's check back up on Saitama. What's he doing? Yeah. Because basically, um, it would just be, um, the, this hero killer, you know, it, it really isn't even a subplot anymore. It's like the main plot. Um, and this like monster association, I think it's called, um, basically these monsters are just continuing to attack their, the surrounding cities. Um, like, it would show parts of that, and then it would flash to, I guess, Saitama advancing to the next round. Or you wouldn't really see him doing too much. Um, but yeah, this last chapter was all him, right? I'm pretty sure, or if it wasn't the whole chapter, it was... We were discussing before the show started that it seems that they might have published two chapters, or what was originally like two chapters in Japan as one chapter here... I think it was like the second half of that was all Saitama that could be. In, his, in his final round. But maybe it was the whole thing. I um, I'm just not used to getting so much One Punch Man in a month. I... <laughs> yeah, he just he has such a rich um, supporting uh, cast that I guess it is kind of hard not to focus on them sometimes. It's really God. They're all they're all really good. <laughs> I really like all I all, like pretty much all of the superheroes even if they don't do much i just like the designs <laughs> i loved the chapter with the the society of um like swordsmen yeah yeah that was yeah. very interesting and correct correct me if i'm wrong was that whole chapter just devoted to that or was I, there another like side moment with saitama i don't think so um if it was part of anything i think it was well no it wasn't part of that one with the uh skeleton guy was it no that was separate um, yeah. Yeah. No. I think. But it again, was... it was it was a it was a lot of focus on like other stuff, and that that was there was nothing like silly about that bit at all. No. If I, uh, that was just played completely straight faced. Yeah. No. Nope. And it was good. Yeah, it was. It was intense. <laughs> but yeah, it, it this month also did have my favorite uh, gag in a while of the I forget his name, but the bone guy, <laughs> just like. Drink. Just, I gotta drink a lot of milk and my bones will be unbreakable. <laughs> and then get stomped. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about One Piece, or...? Sure. Um, we can uh, just spend a little bit of time on One Piece to close us off. We're kind of, uh, it seems we're heading, I would say, to the climax of this arc. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So, with how Oda's pacing goes, this climax could last like who knows half a year. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking, I get the feeling his editors are kind of nudging him along to go a bit faster than he did for Dress Rosa. Um, that could be the case. Yeah. So um, it it still hasn't like nothing super monumental has happened, but basically um, the Straw Hats have teamed up with this new guy uh, who, again, as as with many One Piece characters. Um, he was introduced eons ago. Um, this character named uh, Capone Beige, who kind of just, uh, his whole shtick is he kind of looks like a just a gangster, like a stereotypical gangster. Um, and he's pretty cool. Um, so he's betrayed, like, the, the big bad of this arc. 
Um, this is like this horrific woman named Big Mom, uh, and has teamed up with Luffy to take her down. And that was kind of the big um, revelation over the past month that they were going to. Yeah, yeah, they planned to uh, go ahead with it, and it looks like the plan goes into effect next week. Yeah, or like, probably probably by the time you all are listening to this, it will have started. Yeah. I mean, because the last chapter said something like, um, you know, it's only a few hours until the uh, wedding. So. (laughs) Which made me me wonder if he's uh, reading Promise Neverland because that's the whole thing in there, you know, X hours or X days until the escape. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's, maybe his editor's like, okay, we got to hold you to these, uh, these timelines. If if you have some kind of, even if it's, even if you make every chapter an hour, you you have. (laughs) You're going to, you're going to be continually counting down. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it looks. It, it, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it'll be. Uh, it'll be good. Um, kind of want to see how uh, Sanji. Like, I don't see Sanji's family disappearing anytime soon, but I do kind of want to see what the aftermath of all this is because they're. Pretty... Do you have any? Uh... What? <laughs> do you have any uh, predictions for how it'll turn out? For the straw hats, or um, I'm guessing like. Big Mom won't die. Um, very few One Piece villains die. Um, uh, my guess, for some reason, I'm thinking she'll have like a change of heart or something. Like that's hmm. I I can see him doing that for some reason, just because her whole thing is she has all these family members. Like right. something will make something will I don't know maybe change her heart. That would be maybe a little bit lame, but I guess it would depend on how it was done. Um, maybe if. Uh... Putting her daughter didn't have a, you know, like you could have a little contrast with that. Cause I think, I think that would be a, that would be like worse if it was her daughter who kind of changed heart after she's been like, you know, yeah. built up to be like I, this. Oh, she was secretly a snake all yeah. along. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think she'll stay bad. But. Yeah. And there's obviously going to be something with uh, Sanji's sister as well. Yeah. She's like she's, the only good one. She clearly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, sorry, sorry, Zach. <laughs> we we try we try to keep on you know stuff that all of us read, but it, no, it's okay. I feel like One Piece deserves to be talked about, and one day I would love to be current on it. You, you um, couldn't, you that, couldn't. that day is a long time away. For all you know, we could just be making stuff up, just <laughs> ripping true. off the That's true. Honestly, for some of this stuff, I. You really could just be making it up. I mean, it is it is very strange at points. So, but I like that. No, it's it's okay if you can't keep up with my like PhD doctoral knowledge of One Piece. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Ex- it's it's not it's not something I'm proud of, but someone's got to do it. So, that's true. <laughs> you're, you're definitely right. It, it would be it would be wrong to have a uh, multiversity manga podcast and not talk about One Piece. Yeah, it is the most popular manga in Japan. Which is why I'm glad that both Naruto and Bleach ended before we started doing this, just because oh my God. I'd feel I'd feel bad about not covering those, but despite wow. Zach's recent uh, well, yeah, Zach could be the 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 you know the go to for Naruto. I uh, I'll talk about Boruto, which I still hate saying. <laughs> Boruto. Where where the. Uh, were there many chapters of that? This uh, there's, I think uh, it's only monthly. Um, and okay, yeah, it's... one since I think we last re- 
Well, okay, no, there was. There was one. Um, okay. And I think I had mistakenly said that the previous one was the end of the arc. There was one more chapter that kind of, like, wrapped... Oh, the movie, that's that, right. Yeah, that wrapped that up. So the one that comes out, I think, next week is the first, um, like, original chapter, which also the, the anime starts next week as well. And from what I've heard, they're going to be different. Or, huh. or the, the stories are going to be different. Hmm. Um, hmm. See how that works out for them. It works, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining us this month. Next month, we will be going to a very different kind of school. We're going to be uh, talking about Cromartie High. Is it is the full name Cromartie High School or just Cromartie High? I think it's Cromartie High School. Okay, Cromartie High School. Um, rather than having you know dashing gentlemen who are there to whisk you off your feet, this is a ridiculous comedy about a group of delinquents. Um, we're going to be talking, I think, about the uh, first three volumes, but you don't even have, you know, you can read however much you want. This is much more loose structure. There's not too much of an overarching plot to it. Um, episodic, yeah. Very episodic. If you want to watch the anime beforehand, instead, the anime is hilarious. It's very... <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's very low budget, um, but they kind of play on that. Yeah. Yeah, that um, Cromartie High School is just absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it next uh, month. Uh, be sure to enter in our contest. Again, you just uh, take a screenshot showing that you've subscribed to the show. Hashtag MC Manga Club. And we'll see you guys next month. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.